So it, it, as as John said, thank you for these words. It's a uh, it's it's my pleasure to be here with you this afternoon, and it's a privilege that uh, from this very very beginning, when I remember that this family, John and Amanda, and and uh, the kids arrived in this door. I even remember the big duffel bags and everything all around here. And but this is a this is a great privilege that I I I I saw it from the very beginning how you arrived here, and you humbled yourself and and you started ministry here. And it's 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 a privilege to see that uh, Bible study on every Monday was here, and we had the youth leaders meeting over there, and we heard always the worship. And it was getting louder and louder every week because more and more people were coming here. I believe those are you guys. And, and it's, so, it's such, such a grace of God that, that I see now there's a congregation here. There's a church here, a family here. And uh, such a blessing. So it's a privilege to be here. So thank you um, for, for inviting me. And, and uh, we, we prayed already, but let's just pray that the, the word of God would come into our, our hearts and and uh, we, would, we would have a fruitful uh, afternoon together now and let, let the Holy Spirit work in our hearts. Okay, let's just bow and let's pray. Father, I'm so thankful that we have this opportunity today that we can come to you and just sit at, at your feet. And we really want to do this, Lord. We really need you, Lord. We really need um, to, to hear your voice among all of those other voices that surrounds us and tries to identify us, Lord, we really need you to identify us. We really need your word to tell who we are. And this is what I ask, Lord, in this afternoon, that please, Lord, you would do this miracle to speak each and every one of us in this afternoon, that we would understand how much you loved us and how much you care for us even today in this very moment. Lord, in, in your precious Son, in Jesus' name we pray this. Amen. Amen. I have a question to start with. Does anybody know what am I holding in my hand? Hungarians are a little bit <laughs> in advance. What's this? Driver's license, ID card. Yes, ID card. In, in the U.S., driver's license is the same as the uh, uh, ID card, right? Many times. So uh, it's, an, it's an identity identifier card. Uh, it contains critical information of me. My, uh, my name is on it. Uh, my, my face is on it, a photo of me. Even, even my date of birth and uh, the place where I was born is here. And uh, my signature, uh, my, my nationality, the country that I'm from, a lot of information about me. But you know, there's even, there's another identity that is invisible and even more important than this card. This identity, nobody sees, but it is in your heart. It is some, something, the way of thinking, how you think of yourself, the identity that what you think of yourself, how you perceive your life, and this identity is much more important than this plastic card. This can be lost and replaced. But the identity, how you think of yourself, will affect everything, how you walk here on earth. It will affect your goals, 
it will affect everything how you live your everyday life. And today what I'm, I would like to talk to you is a new identity in Christ, that is sonship. A new identity in him which comes with a heavenly inheritance. And indeed in Christ we received a heavenly identity. We received a new identity. We received a new position and we received a new mission. The man of the 21st century, people today, suffer in severe identity crisis. The man today, people today, face three great questions. Who am I? How much I worth? Where am I going? Who am I? How much I worth? Where am I going? People today are in severe pain because of these questions and try to answer these questions. However, the person who's in Christ, you, if you are in Christ, you have great answers for these three questions. The person who's in Christ, you who are in Christ, you know who you are. You're the child of God. A person who's in Christ knows where his or her going. You, you know where are you going. You have, your goal is in heaven. Your focus is on heavenly things, not on earth. The person who's in Christ knows how much he or she worth. If you are in Christ, you know how much you're worth. You're worth the cost that the Father paid for you. That was Jesus on the cross. These, these answers you have already for these three great questions. Who am I? How much I worth? Where is my life going? So you are no longer in identity crisis. And this is the main topic. I would like to read a few Bible verses uh, for our devotion today, a passage from Ephesians 1, 3 to 14. Ephesians 1, 3 to 14. It's a longer passage. Please remain seated and then I just read it. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him, we have redemption through his blood. That's what we sang today. The forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ, as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. In him, we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. So that we who are, in the, first, who are the first to hope in Christ 
might be to the praise of his glory. In him, you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. This is a very, very, very meaningful and, and deep uh, passage in the Bible. It's very close to my heart, Ephesians first. It's full of those promises that are in past tense. They already happened in our lives that should, uh, that should identify us. This passage talks about the Father's heart, how much he loved us. And after our repentance, how he restored our higher position. The whole Bible talks about this topic. From the very beginning, from the Old Testament, we can see that this is in the heart of, this is in the, heart of the Father, that he would like to restore this father-son relationship. The whole Bible is full of these promises that one day he will restore our sonship. He restores this relationship with him. In Psalms 103, we read it this way. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. He will not always chide, nor will he keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. For he knows our frame. He, rem he remembers that we are dust. As a father shows compassion to his children. It's already in the Old Testament that God loves us as a father. In Romans 8, we read it this way. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. Such an incredible identity. This Bible verse says that Jesus is the firstborn, but, and all of us, we are brothers. What an incredible identity. As we read now from Ephesians, we, we just read that we were blessed in Christ with every spiritual blessings in the heavenly places. And that even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. Did you know that you were, you are chosen? God chose you before the foundation of this world, before the creation. What does it tell to you? He chose you before anything happened. This tells me that you and me, we are more important than any other details of this creation. You are chosen way before the creation of this world. In Hebrews, we read about Jesus and how he, how he became flesh and blood and came down to this earth and went through all the sufferings that we are going through. It says in Hebrews 
2.11. He, Jesus, is not ashamed to call them brothers. Therefore, he had to be made like his brothers in every respect so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God. Because he himself has suffered when tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. What a shocking statement. We read in this passage that Jesus was made perfect through sufferings. He became a perfect high priest because of sufferings. He became complete because of the sufferings he was going through. Have you ever thought about that? Every every time, and I'm, I, I don't know, I just see your beautiful faces, but I don't know what are you going through today. I don't know. I know my sufferings. Maybe I know some John and Amanda's, but I don't know many of things going through their hearts. I don't know your sufferings, but I can tell you one thing, that there was somebody who went before you in all of your sufferings. And indeed, what happened with him? Rejection of his family. Betrayal of a friend. False accusations. An unjust trial. Total humiliation. Beatings and scoffings. Complete abandonment and fear, persecution, and the terrible execution on the cross. He went through all of these things. And I don't know what are you going through today. Maybe rejection of your family or your, or your friends. I don't know what is the greatest pain that you are going through. But I can tell you something that there's a perfect high priest went through all of these in front of you. And he knows exactly what you are going through. And sometimes we don't have answers for those sufferings. And I hope that there's no answer for such a suffering that maybe you are going through. But we know that there are somebody who knows these sufferings and knows these hard times. And there are days when only these sentences can can help us go through those dark moments in life. He knows completely your sufferings and all your temptations, and he is the one who can help you through those dark moments. Jesus went before us, suffered at our place on the cross, and the Father turned away from him that he would never turn away from you. Did you know that the Father never turns away his face from you? He's always looking toward you. Always. Because he turned from Jesus. And he's always looking to you, toward you. And will never turn away. What an incredible high priest we have. In Luke 15, we, we read about a story that Jesus tells us and Probably this is the the most complete story talking about how much the Father loves us and how much he wanted to restore our relationship with him. 
you know, and probably most of us heard the prodigal son's story. But I just want to read the last few verses from this story. You know that there was a father who had two sons. And the younger son said that, Father, give me my inheritance and I will go away. And the father split his inheritance and gave to, this, to his younger son his part. And he went away to a foreign country and, and spent all of his money on a, on a terrible lifestyle. And at that time, there was a great famine at that part of the, the land. And he started to, he was in need. And he was, he went the very, very lowest point when he would even eat from the, the food of the pigs. But nobody gave to him. And at that, at that point, this boy realized something. I have a father. I can go home. That's even better, the shame and everything, to go home than to die here in hunger. So he, he came to himself and told it, I will go to my father and tell that I'm not worthy anymore to be your son. But please deal with me as with your servants. So he goes home. And as he went home, and he rose and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring quickly the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring the fattened calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate. For this is my son who was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they began to celebrate. Did you know that this was on the Father's heart from the very beginning? When we turn to him, when we realize our own life doesn't fulfill us, when we came and repented, the Father was celebrating over us. Great celebration in heaven when you did this decision. How great is the Father's love towards us. In Zephaniah, if I pronounce it right, we read this. The Lord your God is in your midst, the mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet, by you, quiet you by his love. He will exalt over you with long, loud singing. With loud singing, God. So this is not just, oh, it's great that you are here. It is like, woohoo, you're here. God celebrates over you. When you made those decisions that you say no to sin, even today, don't you think that he celebrates the very same way? He loves you so much. God loved us. God chose us. 
before the creation. And God restored our, restored our sonship in Jesus. This is your new, new position, your new identity, which is yours through faith. And you know now a little practice. Why is it essential that we grab firmly this truth? Why is it so essential in our Christian life? Because, you know, many times we look into this perfect salvation, but in our everyday walking, we see something different. Our better or worse days, our fallings, our sins. And we began to question that, God, if the salvation is perfect, if, my, if you restore my sonship, how am I, how am I failing today? But you know, it, it is very essential that we would understand that our position in Christ, in heaven, is perfect and complete. And this is not equal to our everyday walking. In our everyday walking, in front of God, we may fall. We may sin. And the devil wants us to focus on that. The devil wants us to focus on your performance. How much you can do. He's doing a very good job in that. To magnify how wrong you are. But our victory is not coming from focusing on our performance. What I can do. Because then we would, our life would be miserable. But when we turn from our performance... And we would do four steps, okay? Four steps. I would like, if you forget everything in this message, but you would remember these four steps, it would be wonderful. The four steps is, the first, I focus on what he did for me. I have to look at what he did for me. Then I have to say the same thing, what God says about me. Why is it essential? Because if I pray, and I say, Lord, I'm a terrible person. If I pray, I'm a sinner and fall short of your glory. God doesn't see you that way anymore. Of course, we have to turn from our sins. But if you all the time find your identity in that, then you're not saying the same thing what God says about you. He says, you are already righteous in Christ. We have to say the same thing. We will, John talked about baptism. There will be baptism here. In baptism, we say, we confess our faith, right? So every day, we also have to confess, confess that I have faith. I say the same thing as God says, as, as God sees me. So first, I do what I'm looking into. The, I focus on the heavenly things. Then the second thing, I have to say the same thing, how God talks about me. And the third, I have to start walking, walking in this, and finally it will be mine. If, if we see how God sees us, if we say the same thing, if we start walking in this, finally it will be ours. Why do I have to emphasize this? Because many times, I suffered. I did a lot wrong in this. I have to tell you. I prayed the wrong prayers. I prayed many times that, Lord, how desperate and lost am I? And the Lord haven't seen me that way. 
he saw me that I'm found. This new robe, this garment was already on me. The new ring was on me. We have to confess it. We have to live in it. We have to walk in it. And if we do it, I promise you, if you do it, then your position, what you see, the perfect identity, what is complete, and your everyday experience became more and more look-alike. Let's just talk a little bit about these three things what the Father restored. What he did. Probably you heard about, a lot about this. But let's just stop here for a second. He got the best robe. Now, today we can buy secondhand and other clothes uh, from uh, like, like easy uh, or, or even not with a lot of money. But in the ancient times, the clothes were pretty much showing somebody's rank and wealth. So the best robe was pretty much about how wealthy was that person. The best robe showed richness. And the father was bringing this best robe and covered the son with it. The best robe means that the father blessed us with every spiritual richness through Christ. Furthermore, that new garment covered the dirty, the dirt, the nakedness, everything that that son was at that position. The shame, the prodigal son's outlook. This tells me that the father clothed us in his sub, uh, sublimity from our shame. He pours spiritual dignity and richness over us as sons. So wherever you go, do you feel this garment is on you spiritually? God covered you with all the richness, spiritual richness. Then the ring, this is a symbol of power. You know, this garment and the ring and the shoes, probably this prodigal son had to sell away. It was gone. But then he returned to the, to the father's house and they said, bring the ring and put it on his hand. That time, that ring was, was a seal ring or a signet ring. The family's seal was carved in it. And if you, if you were, uh, if you belonged to a wealthy family and you went to a shop or somewhere and you didn't have money with you, you put your seal on the receipt. And it meant, my father will pay for this. It was like a credit card. My father will pay for this. And they knew that that bill will be covered. Since you were born into the family of God, you received the rights of this family. And you know many times I experienced this, that the devil was coming to me and saying that, if God loves you, where are those promises? If God so loves you, where is your wife? Where, where, where are those promises that he promised you? And you know many times in, in this situation, 
I had only one weapon against him. But I said that I have my father's ring on me. My father will repay. My father will cover this bill. My father will fulfill all the needs that I have. And even though I don't see it today, he will cover it. This seal is, is on your hand. You were born into his family. And you have the rights of God's family. And the shoes on the feet. This is so beautiful to me also. In, in the ancient times, those people who didn't have shoes on them were servants or slaves. Only the free man wore the shoes. And this tells us in spirit that how the father restored the son's freedom, the same way the father restored our freedom. You're a free man. And this means when you come, you, you have a question in you. You want to ask something from God. You are no longer have to stay outside the door. You can boldly go into the, to the throne room and ask. And you know that you will receive. Because you are a son. And you are a free man. And you know that you will receive from him. Therefore, now you have a heavenly heritage, an inheritance. You were restored. You are a higher of God. And our last topic today, that maybe all of this meant something to you, what I told today. But how can I be sure? What's the unquestionable guarantee that we do have an inheritance in heaven? What is that? That today I, can, I know, even though I don't see, that the kingdom is waiting for me. We just read it in Ephesians. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it. The Holy Spirit is the guarantee. His presence in your life. And we know that Jesus is not in person in the face of this earth. The Father is not here, but the Holy Spirit is here. The Holy Spirit revealed to you who, is, who Jesus is. The Holy Spirit is there. When you, when you turn from your sins, the Holy Spirit is there with you when you stop at your bed and pray. The Holy Spirit is the guarantee that you have an inheritance. It is very important to emphasize that everything what I read to you is in past tense. It already happened. It's already ours. But we don't see it. 100% it will be clear when we will be there with him. But today, the unquestionable guarantee is that the Holy Spirit is with you now. And you know, we have, we have a new position, a new identity. We are hires of God. He restored our sonship. And he sent the Holy Spirit that we wouldn't be alone. We would walk with him. 
you are the higher of the king of heavens. But before we go further, I really want it. Let's just bow our hands and, and we would pray for this silently in us. And give thanks with our own words, just silently, that we are hires, we are sons, we are daughters. For the very last part, I just had uh, another prayer for you. Because maybe I talked about, now even about the Holy Spirit, I talked you about the sonship. But it is very important to understand that we receive this, not just for ourselves. We have, how, how did I start? We have a new position, a new identity, and we have a new mission. God is sending us. Jesus said, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. This was to the disciples, to you. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. And Jesus said to the Father, as you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. If we received salvation through Christ, if we received the Holy Spirit, the guarantee of our heavenly inheritance, then we have a mission to demonstrate this love to the world. You will no longer be able to hide it. If we love one another, if the Holy Spirit is in us, it will be written on your face. We cannot hide it. If we tasted the grace of God, we will no longer be able to hide it. We want to share it with others, to taste it as well. Your cup overflows. And maybe... But maybe today you are here and say that, but I don't experience that much of the Holy Spirit. Then I have two prayers for you. And this, this is a very simple prayer. That Jesus give me more of your Holy Spirit. Jesus said that if you are, as wicked people can give good gifts to your children, how much the Heavenly Father gives Holy Spirit to those who ask him. He would give that to us. He would give him more and more. And if you say, God, if there's anything that, hi that hinders me from experiencing your Holy Spirit, then please reveal it to me. These are two simple prayers. But I guarantee if we pray this, the more and more God will give to us. Why don't you pray this prayer with me together? Why don't we bow our hands and Pray this prayer together. Jesus, please, 
Give me more of your Holy Spirit. And God, if there's anything that is hindering me of experiencing the Holy Spirit, would you please reveal it to me? Father, I'm so thankful that tonight we are here together and you loved us so much that you didn't want eternity with us, without us. You wanted us back as your sons. You wanted us back as your daughters, as your children. Lord, I pray that today, please reveal more and more to us how much you loved us and restored this sonship in you. Lord, I also pray that those who pray these simple prayers, please fulfill with them. Fulfill them with your Holy Spirit. Give us more, Lord. Lord, you see how much our love fades. But we need your love, and your love will never fade away. We need your Holy Spirit that we would love those people around us. Not just the ones who love us, but those who hate us. Lord, I cannot do it by my, my power, by my strength. Lord, we so much need, in need of your strength, your Holy Spirit. Love those who hate us. Lord, I pray for this congregation and I bless them. Lord, you will, you will do your good work through them and in them. And I pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Don't forget that heaven never forgets an honest prayer. If you pray this, if today we pray together, God will answer this. And you know, I have to tell that there was, one, there was one night when I was really, really feeling that I would need more of the Holy Spirit. I would need more from God. And I said, okay, I won't go to bed until something happens and the Holy Spirit fills me and, and, and I would be changed because I felt that I'm trying from my own strength to live the Christian life. And you know, that night, I believe I went to bed two or, or three in the morning. I felt like nothing happened. But you know, two years later, I was already here in Debrecen. And God started to work in my life incredibly. His Holy Spirit started to work in me in a way I never imagined. And still, it's incredible to see that people turned to him in, in the student hostel, in, 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 in the, the campus hotel. We experienced miracles that, that a lady wouldn't have a baby, and now they have three kids. And even she turned to the Lord and, and the whole family. God is incredible. And maybe you feel now that nothing changed. But if you had an honest prayer, God will answer it. Even today or two years from now, that he will answer it. I'm so thankful that I could be here with you guys. Uh, amen. Amen.